0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised.
1: On today's Court TV podcast, the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard trial is quickly winding down, but that doesn't mean the dramatic testimony is over. Court TV's Chanley Painter joins me with all the details of Johnny Depp's return to the witness stand for his rebuttal case.
0: This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinny Politan.
1: I'm Vinny Politan. Thanks so much for downloading the Court TV Podcast. Wow. wow. A, a crazy, crazy last week in the Johnny Depp trial. And as we are recording this, we're on the getting ready for those closing arguments uh, to begin and this case to finally wind down. But Johnny Depp back on the stand called on redirect. Unbelievable inside the courtroom. We are going to break down that testimony in this podcast, uh, put some perspective on all of it. And of course I've got with me Chanley Painter, court TV legal correspondent who is in Fairfax County, Virginia, and has been in the courtroom uh, during this unbelievable trial. Uh, Chandley, first of all, take us to the moment when they decide to recall Johnny Depp to the stand. It's been a while since he's been up there. Um, what was that moment like?
2: Well, Vinny, what a moment that was, because in the gallery, it was like this collective gasp. He's taking the stand. And we knew that. They planned to call him in the rebuttal. Well, we didn't know when they were going to call him in the rebuttal case. So it was a moment. Everyone in the audience sort of set up straighter. And I noticed a couple jurors, even Benny, kind of smile at Johnny Depp as he left counsel table and he walked up to the witness stand and everyone was glued in as to what he was going to be asked, what he was going to say. And of course, quickly, there's a sidebar. Uh, with Ben Rottenborn objecting, they approach the bench, and Johnny Depp, in his usual style, he sips from his coffee mug he took up to the stand with him. Which sources tell me he drinks coffee black. Just FYI. And then he looks to the jury box and takes in the jury, and two of the jurors give a slight smile and nod back to him, sort of greeting them. And then he looks to the gallery, full of his of his fans. I mean, it's packed house in that courtroom today. And he nods and they echo the nod and wave to the point that deputies have to sort of walk to the front of the gallery, make kind of a, a, a fence line to keep people from trying to communicate with Johnny while he's on the stand. What a moment.
1: Unbelievable. So, you know two parts of this um the overwhelming consensus was he did very well first time around uh, cross examination there were some rough spots but overall uh came across really really well a lot of people were wondering well you know why risk it why put him up there again uh but there was some unfinished business that we heard about on direct examination so let's start there um first i want to take a listen to him here Talking about drug use, which is another big part of this case, how much was Johnny taking? Was he blacking out? Was he turning into a monster? Was there any exaggeration in the amount of drug use by Johnny Depp? Let's take a listen.
2: How many times have you done MDMA in your
1: life, Mr. Depp? Uh, Actually, not
3: many, not that many times, I would say in my lifetime, maybe in my lifetime mdma 6 7 maybe and how much mdma have you done on those occasions uh, not enough to um not enough to uh properly well not not, not enough to properly properly experience the what the um chemicals are supposed to do to you.
2: Have you ever consumed eight to ten MDMA pills at once?
3: No, ma'am. No, I have not. And why is that? Um because I'd be dead. I'm pretty sure I'd be dead. Um I think one would die, yes. It, and probably rather quickly.
1: So I guess the point here, Chanley, is again to try to Continue the theme that Amber Heard is histrionic, that she exaggerates everything. And, and whether he was taking one or, or 10, uh, she's going to say 10. And, and the reality and what Amber Heard says are two different things. I, I think that's what they're doing here.
2: Yeah, I believe it was one of the experts, Benny, who talked about the effects of taking so many MDMAs. It could be potentially fatal. Wasn't that one of Herd's expert witnesses? Anyways, I think they're following up on that. That's why Johnny was in the courtroom. He heard that testimony and he said, no, I didn't do that. I'd be dead. And you could hear the gallery snickering back there while juror number two was also laughing. Juror number two really does get a kick out of Johnny Depp on the stand. Uh, it's, it's really interesting uh, to watch them respond to him. But yes, it goes to this theme that Amber Heard exaggerates that she's embellished these stories to the point that it wouldn't even be realistic for someone to take that many ecstasy pills and survive really.
1: I think it's a great theme to go with because it, it ties into everything that she says and, and is clearly going to be part of what we hear during those closing arguments, those important closing arguments in this case where both sides have to tie everything together. But from Johnny Depp's uh, perspective and, and his team, um, you know, there needs to be an explanation as to why Amber Heard is saying all the things that she's saying. And it comes back to to all of that, that she exaggerates, that she just, you know, does not speak the truth. And while there may be some uh, level of truth involved in it, uh, you know, she takes it and and uh, expands on it to such a great degree that it's that it's almost uh, comical. At least that's what they're going to argue. The one issue on the MDMA, though, from my perspective, is is that um my understanding of the drug and I'm not an expert is that it it's ecstasy the love drug mm-hmm. right was was there testimony in this case that so why would Amber Heard and her team keep pointing to the MDMA as being uh something that would all of a sudden turn Johnny into a monster right that's that's it's supposed to have the opposite effect
2: yeah that's right that has been brought up a couple of times through different witnesses just saying, well, it was ecstasy. I think even Johnny Depp mentioned it, you know, it's ecstasy, but it's not uh, anything like cocaine or something that may have potentially violent impacts. It's the love drug, Benny. Um, But I think what Hurd's team is trying to indicate is that it wasn't just the MDMA, it was also the alcohol that he was consuming the mega pints, if you will, that he was also consuming his prescription and, and drugs that he, opioids that he was taking, they weren't even prescribed to him. All of the combination of all of that created this quote unquote monster of Johnny Depp where he blacked out in that Australia event for three days and held her hostage and did all kinds of violent, brutal, abhorrent things to his then new wife.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you the one thing though about the Australia um, incident whatever happened down there it's still unclear and 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 as much as he, they want to argue that he blacked out well it seems to me that she blacked out too and 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 it could be because of the trauma or whatever but this jury does not have a clear picture of what transpired over the course of 3 we keep hearing 3 days 3 days but i haven't heard when when did people sleep when did people eat how you know i it, there's no there's no real timeline and i'm very uncomfortable with that Um, Because I see myself as a juror, a fact finder, trying to figure out what happened here. So let's move on to another topic that came up during Johnny Depp's uh, redirect, which was um, the relationship between Amber Heard and her sister, Whitney. Let's take a listen.
3: Um, It was a kind of a strange combination of loving sister, trusted sister and friend, um, and then lackey, and uh, then, you know, either the punching bag or the dartboard or the recipient of uh, of some rather demeaning and ugly um, words, or she would have wine thrown in her face.
2: And who was the source of those? demeaning words and the wine that you just
3: referenced. Well, that would be Amber heard her sister.
1: So this, uh, from my perspective, addresses a couple of issues in the case. One, Amber heard the way she treats other people, right? So it's the way she's allegedly treating her sister. And second, her sister, you know, coming to her aid and testifying in court um, as well. You know, before this trial started, I heard these rumors about, problems between these sisters. But at this point, it seems that they are best friends
2: right now. She's supporting her arriving to court every day with her now that she's been cleared from her subpoena. And she sits there in the gallery on the front row. And today, when this testimony was brought up, I said, OK, now they're rebutting Whitney's testimony with Johnny Depp. And and I could tell uh, Whitney, you know, new eyes were on her. Two jurors look towards her as Johnny Depp talked about her. Amber Heard turned her head and made eye contact with her sister sitting there in the gallery and then when Johnny Depp describes the sister's relationship and and denotes that Amber was basically abusive towards Whitney pushed her around both verbally and physically Whitney shook her head in disagreement in the gallery Uh, and and that was something that jurors took note of
1: yeah and and her testimony is significant um she was there during this staircase incident, and she is like the one witness who has personally, according to her testimony, seen Johnny be physically abusive to Amber Heard and also herself being a victim of Johnny Depp, right? Her testimony is that Johnny Depp struck her and then struck Amber.
2: Right. Yeah, not only is she the only eyewitness to physical abuse that Amber Heard brought before this jury to corroborate that Depp hit Amber but also Whitney accuses Depp of hitting her first before Amber had to punch him to protect the sister very uh, different versions I, I know you call up the Australian event but virtually all of these alleged incidents of abuse have just opposite stories that this jury is going to have to sort through and figure out
1: and one other thing came up during the rebuttal case of Johnny Depp they called a woman Jennifer Howell, who's connected to Whitney, who had some pre-recorded deposition testimony that was a little confusing, seemed a little bit like a, a non sequitur, but I think the takeaway from her testimony was somehow to undermine the credibility of Whitney.
2: Right. Because a lot of it had to be redacted as hearsay. I know we've shared on your show the declaration that was filed. The declaration was talked about during this deposition that was played before the jury. The email that Jennifer Howe wrote to Whitney was talked about in this deposition, but neither of those documents were put on the screen as they've done previously during depositions played before this jury because those documents or photos or whatever it may have been were into evidence. So that indicates to everyone that these documents are not into evidence. They were referred to with the witness, but really all her testimony could be was very limited and that she was just pleading with Whitney to quit covering for Amber and lying for her sister. And that was clear. And again, you point to closings, they'll wrap all of that up in their closing arguments and why that was important just to play that very short piece of deposition.
1: So they had an ability to, through another witness, someone other than Johnny Depp, to attempt to attack the credibility of Whitney because, again, as you stated, Chandley, such an important witness because she's the one who, the only eyewitness to alleged physical abuse um, there at the time that it's taking place, uh, Johnny Depp hitting Amber Heard and also being a victim of, of Johnny Depp as well. Now, let's get to Kate Moss, uh, another A-lister, Johnny Depp, uh, testified about her. Let's take a listen to what Johnny Depp had to say about Kate Moss, and then we'll listen to Kate Moss herself, because she also testified.
3: Mister uh, took the story and turned it into a very ugly incident all in her mind um, there was never a moment where I pushed Kate down any set of stairs. Yet she's spewed this three times before. Um, objection, Your Honor. Miss Hurd
4: simply testified that she
3: had heard a rumor
4: and that's the response to the Mr. question. Mr. Sir, hold on. Sorry. Objection.
3: I'll overrule the objection. Miss the facts and evidence.
1: I'll overrule the objection.
3: Sorry, I'm, I was drawn by Mr. Rottenborn's um,
1: voice. Yeah, there's another battle. We're going to talk about that coming up in Rottenborn versus Depp. But uh, the bottom line here is that Amber Heard had blurted out in her testimony about a rumor about Johnny Depp pushing Kate Moss down the stairs. Well, they called Kate Moss. Here's her testimony.
2: We were leaving the room, and Johnny left the room before I did, and there had been a rainstorm, and as I left the room, I slid down the stairs, and I hurt
1: my back. How did you- And-
0: I apologize, Ms. Moss, please continue.
1: And I screamed
2: because I, was in, uh, because I didn't know what had happened to me, and I was in pain, and um, he came running back to help me, and carried me to my room and got me medical attention.
1: Okay, Chanley, let's talk about Kate Moss. This is, uh, you know, the name came up. It looked like a moment that uh, Johnny Depp's team was very excited to be able to call her. Um, What's the overall uh, impact of, of Kate Moss?
2: Well, what a way to start the day. I mean, first of all, Ben Chu stands up. Your Honor, we call Kate Moss. I noticed juror number seven, a young man on the front row, his face kind of lit up. First time I've seen that in weeks, Benny, here's supermodel Kate Moss on the big screen in front of him. And, and she, she was, she looked like a model. I mean, the screen pops her up. She's sitting up straight. Her voice is booming throughout the courtroom. She gives succinct confident answers, and it's limited testimony. She's only targeting Ben. She was targeting her to that one incident. She clears it up and then she's gone. But what an impact that was inside the courtroom. The jurors were taking notes of her explanation of the stairs. They were apparently in the 90s in Jamaica. It was raining outside. Death had left the hotel room before her. She was going down the stairs. The stairs were wet. She slips and falls. And, of course, it's hurt, and he tends to her. It's more of a romantic story than any sort of abusive story, Vinny.
1: Yeah, powerful, powerful. A-listers are always powerful. I mean, that's the, the, the power of Johnny Depp, the power of Kate Moss. It was um, an interesting moment. It was uh, something that wouldn't have happened except Amber Heard brought it up first. So uh, I feel Johnny Depp's team was excited about the moment and and seized that moment. And now, the the one problem that you have when you have a rebuttal case and you recall your client to the stand is that you don't just get to ask him questions. He has to answer questions from the other side. The other side gets another opportunity to cross-examine him. And uh, when we come back, we're going to take a look at some of, or take a listen to some of that cross-examination. And and I'll give you, my little takeaway was that uh Johnny seemed a little more combative today. Johnny seemed like he he's he's lost his patience to a certain extent. And it, it was almost as if um Mr. Rottenborn was really getting under his skin. We'll play you what happened when we return.
3: But if you leave, I am going to kill you.
0: The killer, you know. They were a the perfect family. But never suspected. I'll find you one way or the other. Someone they knew with Tamron Hall, Sunday, 9-8 Central on Court TV.
1: So Johnny Depp taking the stand to address things that came up during Amber Heard's testimony and her case that he needed to address, but that leaves him on the witness stand for cross-examination, and his nemesis, Mr. Rottenborn, had the opportunity to cross-examine him. And uh, Chanley, this battle that took place in the afternoon really began in the morning as Johnny Depp seemed to be going after and acknowledging Rottenborn time after time during objections.
2: Vinny, this is round two, Rottenborn versus Depp. And it was a sight to see. You could tell immediately when Rottenborn stood up to make the first objection, interrupting Johnny Depp on direct. Johnny Depp didn't like it. And he even mentioned his name. Did you catch how he said Rottenborn on the stand? Everyone else in the courtroom caught it, Minnie.
1: Yeah, yeah, a little extra pregnant pause. Uh, why don't mm-hmm. you uh, reenact it for us, please?
2: <laughs> I don't know if It was his exact words, but it was something like, what was that, Mr. Rotten? Born? <laughs> the gallery laughed, and of course I noticed two jurors. They couldn't help themselves either.
1: Now, the, the, the problem with cross-examination when you are someone on the witness stand is that Generally, if you have someone who's good at cross-examination, you are not in charge. You're not in control. And um, let's take a listen to a little bit of how this cross-examination went and it was a use, it was the use of, of text messages and photos today um, by Mr. Rottenborn that really, uh, I keep calling him Mr. Rottenborn like, like Johnny Depp does. This is so funny. <laughs> it's catchy. It's in, my, it's, in my, it's in my head. He's in my head. But let's take a listen to, to a part here where we're talking about uh, some text messages.
4: Mr. Depp, on February twenty second, 2017, you texted Mr. Duters, right, exactly. Molly's is rightfully mine. Should I not just bust in and remove its hinges tonight? Did I read that right? You read it right. And the one beneath that, you say, I want to change her understanding of what it is like to be thrashed about like a pleading mackerel. And then in all caps, you write, I need, I want, I take. Did
3: I read that right? You read it right, but I did not write that. Okay.
1: Now, this could be a big, big problem for Johnny Depp.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: he is disowning text messages that apparently were taken from his phone or from somewhere. I mean, we've been all these text messages have been acknowledged up until this point. And now here at the end, Johnny Depp is saying that's not mine. I didn't say that. So what what? What is the significance of this? What is the jury to take away from this and how does the jury know if these are real or not?
2: Right. I mean, this this was odd for him to just completely deny that he wrote these texts even though they were sent from his phone. Someone else apparently, he says, gained access to his phone to send these invective texts that really do raise eyebrows, right? That he has some sort of right to do whatever he wants with whatever woman. He even tried to clarify on redirect that he didn't know a Molly uh, mentioned in these text messages. And again, it's just Amber Heard's team really trying to make him as dislikable as possible in front of this jury.
1: Yeah, I, 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 you know, I thought it could have been one of two things. Either I thought he would explain it by maybe saying the Molly is the MDMA. Um <laughs> right? Yeah, Some people, yeah, right. I thought you, you, I
2: thought drugs at first as well.
1: Yeah. That's 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 where I first thought he would go. And then second, you know, guys talking to guys, locker room mm. talk. I think anytime you have those explanations, those five 20 year old men in the jury box know how you communicate with other guys. Like you just say things and you know, you, you take it with a grain of salt, especially when you're talking about women. I I just expected that, you know, locker room talk, whatever, because um, it's completely relatable for the jurors. But then an outright denial um, goes to complete credibility.
2: Yeah, because it's a, that's a problem. It's more difficult to believe that. Right. I mean why would someone even want to take his phone and send those messages to his personal assistant? It doesn't make sense. That wasn't, that wasn't a strong point in explanation for him. You are very correct. I'm surprised given his team and how much I know they've, I'm sure prepped him didn't do a better job with that one.
1: Well, just, yeah. And I I don't understand why you would deny it. I mean, there's so many things that he admitted to during the course of this trial. Mm -hmm. So many, and he, and he did it in a disarming way. That was, that was the magic of his original testimony is that he talked about doing all these drugs and doing all these ridiculous things, painting words with a severed finger on a wall in a home that he doesn't own. And yet after he says it, you're like, oh, well, I guess it's not that bad or, oh, I I understand it now. Oh, it's kind of quirky and charming. But so so the outright denial. I mean, that's what Amber Heard did when she was on the stand, and now he's doing it as well. Another big argument where it come where, where when it comes down to um, evidence in this case are are some photos, specifically the photos uh, from the Orient Express, which is the the honeymoon ride that they took on the Orient Express. In their case, Johnny Depp's team presented a photograph of Johnny Depp on the Orient Express with something under it appeared his left eye and perhaps the left side of his nose. And Amber Heard said that those photographs were doctored or photoshopped during her case. And everybody was like, aha, there, she's saying that they're photoshopped. They came back with their own photos today. Let's listen to a little bit of the cross-examination there.
4: Even the picture your team chose to show you on that train isn't accurate. Is it let's pull up Jackson calls for speculation. Let, let's pull up exhibit 1859, please 1859 is that in evidence? No, your honor 1859. Mr.. Depp, this is this this is the same picture or the same um, the exact same scene displayed in px 162 That you looked at this morning, correct?
3: That looks like my face has been, the eyes have been photoshopped. Oh, okay. By, so this, this,
4: this post from the Eastern and Oriental Express's Facebook page, you're saying that that's photoshopped?
3: Uh, is What's that the from their page? I sure, why wouldn't they?
1: So now we've got, Chanley, Johnny Depp saying evidence has been photoshopped, Amber Heard saying evidence has been photoshopped, and the jury's got a whole series of photographs from before and after the ride on the Orient Express. And um, I don't know what the takeaway is from all of that. But but again, none of th- this involves her beating up him. Right. But the trials about whether or not she whether or not he beat up her. So I'm, I'm wondering where, where the jury lands on all this in, in terms of the significance. Do they need to figure out? What happened on the Orient Express?
2: Well, that's one of Amber Heard's alleged incidents of abuse at the hands of Johnny Depp. She claims that she was physically assaulted and even strangled with a T-shirt while on the Orient Express. So he's countering her story by giving his own version of what happened, that he was actually the victim and sustained the black eyes and, and a scratch on the nose. This was during their honeymoon. It's you know it's just really really sad all the way around.
1: Yeah, what I didn't realize he did a movie uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yes, I didn't realize he did. that he had he had done that movie. As well. He's been in so many movies I, I I can't keep track, but um, yeah. So for me, it becomes very complicated, and there's a lot of rabbit holes in this trial for this jury, right? Because you can you can start and you can just talk about that severed finger. You can spend a week trying to figure out how his finger was severed down in Australia. Um, But at the end of the day, that's not necessarily the most important point, because the important point about Australia is, did he or did he not rape her? Um, To me, that's the big point down in Australia. It doesn't matter how the finger was severed, whether she did it or he did it. Either way, doesn't impact this verdict directly. It's sort of indirect. It's going to be complicated. All right. Now again, Johnny Depp, um text message put up on the screen. It's a big one. it's it's nasty, uh, and it's him talking about Amber heard and this is uh, after the breakup, he's bitter. um and so let's let's play it. You know, there may be a few beeps here and there. <laughs> I don't know what we're allowed to play for you, what we're not allowed to play for you. um, but what is significant, folks, if you can picture as this is being read, by Amber Heard's attorney Johnny Depp on the stand Amber Heard starts to well up with some with some tears let's take a listen
4: in this text that you sent to Christian you know Christian Carino is the person who used to be Amber's agent and then was your agent for a time correct that is correct and in this text Mr. Depp you said she's begging for total global humiliation She's gonna get it. I'm gonna need your texts about San Francisco, brother. I'm even sorry to ask, but she <laughs> mollusk's crooked and he gave her some <laughs> lawyers. I have no mercy, no fear, and not an ounce of emotion or what I once thought was love for this gold digging, low level, dime a dozen, mushy, pointless, dangling, overused, flappy fish market. I'm so Happy. She wants to go to fight this out. She will hit the wall hard and I cannot wait to have this waste of a out of my life. I met a sublime little Russian here, which made me realize the time I blew on that 50 cent stripper. I wouldn't touch her with a glove. I can only hope that karma kicks in and takes the gift of breath from her. Sorry, man. But now I will stop at nothing. Let's see if Mollusk has a pair. Come see me face to face. I'll show him things he's never seen before, like the other side of his when I slice it off. Did I read that right?
3: You did.
1: So in that mollusk, I guess, is Elon Musk, who was the new boyfriend uh, shortly after. Let's just start there. I think. That makes her look bad. I think that makes her look bad. That you 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 break up with Johnny Depp, the world's one of the world's richest actors, and you end up with the richest man in the world. I mean, that's that's not a coincidence, right? That's not a coincidence. And I think I think that's a that's a bad that's a bad. Anyone's allowed to date anyone, but when you're saying you're not in it for the money and everything else, and, and then you fall in the lap of Elon Musk, and then there's testimony during the trial that you never really liked him anyway. Um, to me, that's it's just kind of strange. It makes it look bad.
2: Yeah, and, he, and he's donating to your charities on your behalf when you don't want to pay part of the divorce settlement is what has been insinuated. And Elon Musk, your boyfriend, steps in and gives half a million dollars to the ACLU and the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. So yeah, the, the, the look there and the insinuation by witnesses in this case, Isaac Baruch comes to mind, who testified that Elon visited the penthouse's before the couple was divorced and separated while they were still married so the impression and then the james franco surveillance video from the elevator Vinny, the jury's seen that as well and heard heard about it so again both sides really trying to destroy the other's reputation credibility and yeah not a good look for amber heard and the jury knows when they read this text message on cross and then he's rehabilitated on redirect about this text message that he's referring to Elon Musk. It's clear. There's no question in this text message
1: who he's referring to. And, you know, it makes Johnny look like he's he's really, really, really angry. And I guess for Amber Heard and her side is they're going to say these words of anger. This is this is the Johnny Depp who is the abusive one. This is the Johnny Depp who is the one who's going after Amber Heard and abusing her. But I don't know if that necessarily lines up directly with the other part of their theory, which is the monster. Like it always came back that it was the drugs that did it um, that turned Johnny into a monster. So can you make the argument that he's a monster on drugs, sending these text messages, or is this just Johnny being angry? I'm trying to figure out exactly where they land on on who Johnny is because it, it seemed from her testimony, it was Johnny on drugs, monster, Johnny off drugs. I love him. He's the greatest guy ever. And I still love him. is the, is the flavor I got. But after the breakup, then they put in text messages like this. It's, it's a little different. It's, it's, this is jealous, Johnny. This is spiteful, Johnny. Is it spiteful, Johnny, that was abusing her?
2: Well, also this is the Johnny that according to his side has now, been outed to the world as an abuser. This is after the TRO, after the photos were splashed across people. He's angry. Of course he's angry. It makes sense, right, <laughs> to, to everyone. If, if you are in these false allegations are out there about you, alleged false allegations, yeah, I mean, the, you can understand that this would cause him to be angry and to lash out and write text messages like this in the moment. And that's essentially what he said on the witness stand and redirect, explaining away this message that he was irate, and naturally so.
1: All right, Chanley Painter, I know you've got to uh, run back into the uh, courtroom. Great to have you here. Thank you so much. Uh, Unbelievable work down there. Um, Folks, again, as we're recording this, uh, we're getting ready for those closing arguments to begin and then the verdict watch and everything else. So, um, when we come back, I am going to tell you what what, what I think the long-lasting impact of this case may end up being.
0: Follow court TV live over the air uninterrupted if you're watching television with an antenna just rescan your channels now to add court TV and go to courttv.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch court TV in your area
1: so this case was a is a defamation case and Defamation, as I've said from the beginning of all the podcasts that we have had and all the shows that I've had talking about this trial, defamation is so difficult to prove in the United States of America, especially when the defamation is um, allegedly done uh, at the expense of a public figure or celebrity, because the standards, the legal standards and the burden Uh, of proof is is tough to accomplish and it's all because of our first amendment here in the united states thank goodness for it just thank goodness for it that being said you know and at this point again don't know what the jury's verdict is you might be listening to this after the verdict you might be listening to this before the verdict don't know what it's going to be and and i have no idea on this one I, i if i was a betting man i would say I would be betting against finding someone uh, liable for defamation, whether it's Johnny defaming Amber or Amber defaming Johnny just because we're in the United States. That would be my my guess, right? Um, but looking at the way this has played publicly, so much of the public sentiment has been on Johnny Depp's side. And in a credibility battle, you look at it and you say, well, isn't, isn't everyone who's watching this trial at home kind of in the same position as the jurors? And no, you're, you're not, you're not. And, and here's why, because before the jury decides the case, they are instructed by the judge as to what the law is. And you have to picture this inside a courtroom, right? It's, it's the judge is the person who's in charge of the jury. During the course of a trial, the, the, that bond between judge and jury is usually uh, the strongest bond in the courtroom. Usually, because you could, yeah, you could say lawyer and client, but if that client doesn't win, trust me, that bond is not so strong. The bond between the judge and the jury is, is strong because they look towards the judge for everything, for guidance. What am I supposed to do next? What, where do we go? When do we eat? When do we come back? Um, What do we have to, what do we have to determine here? And the judge gives those instructions and, and the law is very specific and, and the, and you'll be amazed amazed at how juries will follow those instructions they won't just get into the jury room and say oh i hate amber heard let's find for johnny depp no they'll take their job seriously i don't care if it's if it's a 20 year old young man or if it's an 80 year old woman and everything in between they take their jobs seriously and 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 they and they listen to the judge and they follow instructions, and, and, and they have to follow what the law says and, and what the burdens are and who has to prove what. And members of the public, we don't follow those same instructions. We just don't. You can't unless you're put into that position. And then you're one, in this case, one of seven who will collectively be speaking as one if and when you can reach a unanimous verdict. So we all speak for ourselves. And yeah, we can talk to our friends about the case, but no one's going to change our mind. We don't have to compromise. We just think what we think, and we can post it on Twitter. We can do a TikTok video on it. We can, we can yell at, at, at or have a, a you know, very colorful conversation with a friend, but no one has to change our mind. But when you're one of seven and collectively have to reach a verdict, and, and that's your goal because you want to deliver that verdict for the judge who's instructed you to do so, and you have to follow the law, the rules that have been set out specifically by the judge. So it's much more difficult to get from point A to point B than we can as members of the public watching from the outside, because we don't carry with us that burden. We can just spew. And we could just say exactly what we feel. And yeah, that's true. And a lot of jurors may be feeling the same exact thing. But once they get inside that room, there's going to be one or more who are going to say, OK, well, you know, how are we going to do this? And they have to figure out how they're going to do it. Are they going to try to figure out what happened first, then, uh, then, try to, then, then apply the law to what they feel happened? Or are they just going to answer questions in the, ver- in the jury form and see, are they going to take a vote immediately? We just don't know how they're going to do that. But however they do that is much different than the way we approach it. So despite the fact that TikTok and Twitter could be 90 to 98 percent Johnny Depp all the way, Amber Heard, I don't like her, I don't believe her, um, that can have very little impact on the jury. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Uh, I, I, maybe I'll remind you. And, and the, the biggest case of this ever happening Uh, that I saw happen in person was the Casey Anthony trial. The world hated that woman. The world probably still hates her. Um, Most hated woman in America. Everybody said she was guilty. Everybody except the people that mattered, which was the jury. And that may be the biggest takeaway from this trial if the public verdict is not the same as the jury's verdict, what you 've got to understand is that you you're coming from two different places and, and I hope the public understands that to a certain extent if that is where we end up in all of this is that that 's not the way our system works. Our, our system doesn 't say i don 't like that person i 'm fighting for the other person." No our system has to compromise, discuss, debate, follow the law, and then all. Agree. We'll see what they're going to do. <laughs> this one totally unpredictable. Uh, but if you want to see it happen, you've got to watch it on court TV. Uh, we are available via digital antennas. If you've got one, rescan it. Find us. Lock it in, and make sure you're watching the closing arguments and, of course, our uh, verdict coverage of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Vinny Politan. Have a great week, and as always, don't forget.